Welcome again, man. Brackets are set. Few days away. Are you ready to do some bracketology? Dude, it's just been calculus in my in my head all weekend. <laughs> right? Yeah, you're, you're a far smarter man than me. I'm a lot more reactionary. So um, I'm glad you're going to be bringing a statistical analysis to this. Me, I'm just bringing hot takes, baby. You know what I do. You know yeah, what I do. That, that's that's why we, why have, we have you on there. Bro. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and we don't just have you and I, as much as I'm sure the listeners love listening to you and I. Uh, we're going to have a few a few guests. Uh, we're going to have our buddy Sanders, uh, who has been on here before. He did our AFC North preview, did a really good job, so you may recognize his voice. Uh, and then we have uh, the, the great and powerful Jackie. Uh, she will be joining us today. Uh, she's been on the some of the earlier pods, hasn't been on for a while, uh, but she's a North Carolina fan, so I know she'll be bringing the bias, uh, which is fun. So uh, before we get into the bracket, though, um, I think I need a somewhat breaking news. As of five hours ago on, on Monday, March 15th, uh, my alma mater fired their coach after four years, Archie Miller. Uh, who was pretty much the biggest name for most of the 2010s as an up-and-coming coach uh, and everything like that. Um, yeah, I mean, Ar- Archie, he was seen as this great wonderkind, a fix everything there. Um, his brother, <coughs> Sean Miller, is the head coach at Arizona. And... Uh, so it's, uh, I mean, who's also in hot water. I mean, it's, it's not great to be part of the Miller family no. right now. Um, so that's, that's definitely no bueno. Uh, but I'm excited. I mean, there's been, there's some big names being thrown out. Steve Alford already got crossed off. Uh, Nate Oates already said no. Um, I mean, obviously the, the big name is Brad Stevens. Um, Probably less than one percent chance that happens, but that's the name uh, all IU fans are. Uh, he's he's on record saying the IU job is his dream job, and he is on the chopping block. He's probably one of the hottest seats in the NBA right now. He's been with the Celtics for nine years and hasn't really done anything. Uh, has yet to make a finals, so um, it could be a match made in heaven again. Um, Vegas doesn't believe so. It has Vegas has him at like plus five thousand odds. And normally Vegas seems to know, um, seems to know when those things happen or don't happen. So, uh, yeah, it, I, I'm excited. Archie Miller wasn't working out at Indiana, and now it's on to the next chapter. Uh, but that wasn't the only coaching news. Uh, Newman, you want uh, you want to share the other coaching news in uh, sticking in the Big Ten? Yeah, I mean, most notably, it was Fran McCaffrey getting an extension, and all people are happy to see that. Um, Fran's a good coach. Uh, He plays a fun style of basketball. You know, my friends that are Iowa fans uh, certainly certainly enjoy watching uh, McCaffrey basketball, but I don't think he's ever going to to take them to the promised land, unfortunately. Uh, Fortunately for, for Big Ten fans. Um, but Fran's a fun probably, coach. This is probably his best shot, right? If somehow they can get past Gonzaga. Yeah, they, they, they had a team of Aaron White, Roy Marble. I'm trying to think of some other guys on that team, probably about half a decade ago. Anywhere from mm-hmm. five to seven years ago, they were they were pretty similar top ten team all year. But they didn't have a guy named Luca Garza, right? Um right. you know, he Garza, Luca Garza is a guy that can 
Yeah, I mean, Bohannon just makes big shot after big shot. So mm-hmm. I would, if I was Iowa's brass, I would have probably waited to see how he did with his best team ever before giving that extension. I would have waited 30 days. Um, but it was a sign of faith to McCaffrey. Um, so I'm, I'm sure Hawkeye fans are happy with it. I mean, some, some ADs like consistency. When he is like that, it's one of those things where they're willing to pay that consistency, even though really that they're going to win national championship right yeah yeah for sure um the patinos were the reason Ferenc has been there for 20 plus years right exactly yeah exactly so yeah do you want to you want to tell about the patino news yeah so both patinos are in the news here uh rick patino the the son of rick was fired from minnesota today as and then uh his is taking his fifth team ever to the tournament which is pretty impressive uh feat to take five I think they said he, this is his 13th conference ship that he's won yeah you know so, i mean you're, you're definitely Kentucky, taking louisville yeah i mean you're definitely taking iona over alabama right i mean richard patino he knows how to coach in the tournament how, how do you pick against mm. patino in march no, not not so fast. The quality of the quality of player at Alabama <laughs> compared to um, Iona plus uh, plus your boy yeah. Nate Oates down there. I don't I don't think oh. Alabama's going to lose that easily. Nate Oates is well, not Nate Oates, but the Alabama athletic already said that uh, Nate Oates is not in consideration for the uh, for the Indiana job, which is no big deal. Figured that yeah. buyout <laughs> the buyout's insane. Um, uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's kind of the news. Um, I didn't really lay well, out an well, agenda. I apologize. Uh, Gino Oriema is going to miss oh, yeah, the first yeah. game of the women's tournament. Yeah, and I'm sure it'll move the line about one and a half points. They will win by a million still. <laughs> that uh, UConn is a, is a machine. He, he has built that up there to where it is just not going to matter uh, too much for um, – for the for the women's NCA bracket, uh, so what we're going to do here is we're just going to cover the first round game. So Friday and Saturday, we're not going to cover any betting uh, today. Uh, we're gonna, we're going to save the betting for this weekend. Um, going to save the betting for this weekend, and Newman and I are just going to give our picks. We're going to give uh, if any of us see any Cinderellas, and then we're going to give our final four and uh, the championship matchup and our champion. Um, so let's, let's start in, uh, uh, Newman, do you want to start, uh, in the West bracket? Yeah. Uh, I think so. I mean, here's just the thing. I think Gonzaga's draw is one of the easier ones out of the one seeds. Um, actually Baylor. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely think that is one of the easiest, um, easiest uh, brackets for sure. Um, I think Gonzaga is going to sleepwalk. I think, I think if Creighton gets hot, uh, they have a chance to knock them off. Um, I, you know, Kansas has the dudes; they just haven't been able to do it all year um, consistently. 
But, uh, and I don't think, I, I mean, Iowa already played Gonzaga and got boat raced. So, I mean, th- th- those those are the team. Those are the four teams that I think have a shot. But man, I think I think Gonzaga just absolutely sleeps into the Final Four. Um, and as someone rooting for them to lose, since I don't want my alma mater's undefeated season to go away, I was I was a little disappointed in seeing that draw for Gonzaga um, yeah. because. So again, yeah, I definitely think I definitely think the West is the easiest, um, followed by the East. Um, I think the South is an absolute, like just a gauntlet. Uh, the South is incredibly difficult, and the Midwest, I think, um, it has a lot of fun matchups in the second and third round, um, potentially. So um, that's that's but- kind of what I see. Um, initial reactions, I, I do think we want to kind of save our picks until Sanders joins us here in about five minutes. Um, what's the lowest seed you have winning? In just a round curious. one game you're talking about? In, in a round one game, yeah. Um, I have uh, 112. I have, win- have- I, have, I have Winthrop beating Villanova. So if I, if I get around to it, the uh, the article title that I would write this week is the 11 seeds are the new 12 seeds because I like three 11 seeds this year. I only like one 12 seed as well. Well, um, yeah, the 11 seeds this year are Syracuse, Michigan State, uh, <laughs> yeah. and and uh, with at least three of them. And then uh, I, I don't know who Texas Tech plays because I have Texas Tech advancing. But yeah, they have, um, they have, they have Utah just... State. But yeah, I, I I have Wichita State, I have Syracuse, and I have Michigan State. So all teams who've made deep runs in tourneys before, <laughs> and 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 two coaches that have won national championships. So right, yeah. Um, again, <clears throat> I, I think the only real high seed I have I have Ohio, uh, depending on Virginia's uh, COVID situation. Um, and then, and then the other one I, I want to save till later. I'm, I'm not going to pick either one, um, but I, I do, I do have some, uh, some, some highlighted here. Um, yeah. But for me, the Winthrop that that one stands out just because Villanova has, you know, uh, out and he's pretty much their best player. So that's that's a tough draw for them. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Winthrop does it, but I think they get handled easily by Purdue um, in the second round. I I, I I I feel bad for Purdue. I think they got they got underseeded a little bit. I think they should have. I think they were better um, than a few of the three seeds. Um, but that that'll be a fun matchup here uh, yeah. here soon. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so none of us are predicting uh, a 16 seed to win this year. We're we're not going to see a, uh, a Virginia crumble by any of the one seeds this year. No, I mean the only one that I think really has a shot is um the one who's playing michigan versus out um but even then i think that's a stretch um i i don't see it happening no not 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 at all um not not in the least um so all right let's uh let's let's get started uh and then uh, and then sanders can jump in um let's start in the west we already covered we, we think gonzaga is gonna roll um the reason i want to start this is because i think this 8-9 game, Oklahoma-Missouri, is one of the toughest ones for me to pick in this entire first round. Um, how do you see it playing out? So you'll find a pattern here. I'm generally going to pick. 
Yeah, this Oklahoma team kind of reminds me of a few of the IU teams of the past decade, where they just they just came in uh, on kind of down down and out. Uh, Oklahoma has lost their last four games, um, uh, and I think it's just I think it's tough. I don't think they're playing that well. Missouri's beat some really good teams. Um, they beat Illinois. They beat Alabama. They beat Arkansas, Tennessee. Um, Florida, Oregon. I mean, all of those are teams that are that are comfortably in the tournament. So I I like Missouri's upside here. I love Lon Kruger. Um, I think Oklahoma has a good team. They're just not playing well. Missouri's got some dudes and beat some guys. So I, I'm taking Missouri. I mean, I don't really call an eight nine an upset, um, but yeah, give give me the Tigers there on the nine line. Um, Moving to the the, the vaunted five twelve, uh, we've kind of already given our uh, our five twelve matchup uh, and and what we think that is going to be. Um, so, do you think Santa Barbara has any chance here in the in the twelve five? So, I mean, if you listen to any of the Talking Heads, Billis thinks that they do have a chance. I'm not. They did, yeah. them. I'm not going to take them, but I mean, I don't think it's unheard of. Creighton did not play well against Georgetown. Georgetown beat their asses. So, I mean, maybe they come out and refocused and then and, and recharged here. Um, but it, it's one of those where it's just like, uh, you got to play better than that. And <clears throat> But uh, I mean, no. Do, I do, do, you think Creighton just, do you think Creighton was just taking them light? I mean, again, Georgetown was 9-12. and 12 going into the uh, Big East tournament. I mean, Georgetown was a bad team. I think I think Creighton just slept walk uh, and played horrible, and I think everyone is overreacting. Um, you know how much I love Creighton. I, I love teams that can shoot the ball. Um, I think, you know, if if Gonzaga goes cold and, and Creighton is, is hot, I think that's definitely upset alert. I'm, I'm not picking it to happen, um, but I just love Creighton's ceiling. They have such a high ceiling. When you can shoot like that, play at that much of a pace, and they actually play decent defense down the stretch. Um, there's no way I'm picking uh, Creighton to lose in the first round, kind of because I can't because uh, um, how, how much I've been on them all year. Um, but, yeah, definitely definitely choosing Creighton. Um, but speaking of upset alert, uh, 13-4. Uh, you got the MAC uh, tournament champion in Ohio uh, playing Virginia. Uh, John Gross's Ohio Bobcats a few years ago, not a few years ago, probably like a decade ago at this point, went on quite the run. Uh, so this university does has a little bit of Cinderella in them. Um, does Ohio stand any chance to beat UVA here in the first round? No. Um, I mean, some people think that they do. There, There's a pick. They apparently have one really good player. Um, the thing is, Virginia runs that pack line defense, which is very difficult to go up against if you are not used to seeing something like that. Um, and Virginia has some guys that can straight up shoot. So um, Kihei Clark, like, and just the how good a coach is, um, I think it's kind of st still a tough draw. And, and when you really rely on one player like that to carry most of your team with Ohio, um, that, that makes it much harder, I think. Yeah, Jason Preston's his name, and he just has an absolutely uncanny ability to get to the hoop. Um, but what did you just mention? The pack line doesn't allow drives into the paint. Um, unfortunately, I witnessed that for the last four years. About the only thing RG mm. did do was keep people out of the paint, um, mm. which I think Jason Preston is going to have a really tough time doing. Um, 
So yeah, I think I think UVA I think UVA handles this regardless of what their COVID situation. It's it's in that it's in the second round game that that I'm looking at that Creighton Virginia any COVID implications. I, I don't think it it bothers Virginia in the slightest in the first game. Yeah. Um, um, as, as I teased earlier, uh, I like a lot of the 11s. You like a lot of the 11s. So let's go into our first 11-6 game with uh, well, a first Wichita Drake got to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and any any initial thoughts on that game? I mean, I picked Wichita State to beat Cincinnati, uh, and they made me look bad. But I'm going to go back to the well and uh, and take them to win here. Um, and then I'm going to take them to actually beat USC because I think that they are a team that can beat USC. Um, USC is a little bit up and down for my taste. Um, Wichita State plays at a generally more consistent style. Um, and they do have a bit of, you know, they tend to be more an experienced team. Although, um, what's his name? Tim Floyd at USC is a former Florida State um, assistant. So he uh, can coach. Yeah, no, so the- – let me before we get into this game anymore. Uh, let's bring on one of our esteemed guests here, uh, Mr. Sanders. Uh, how are you doing, buddy? What's up, world? How are we doing? Doing great. You're doing great. We're we're kind of in the middle of breaking down the West bracket, which we'll kind of take a pause here. Um, just wanted to to have you on and get your initial thoughts on the bracket. And uh, did you? But first, the question we're all thinking: Did you take off work Friday? Did I take off work Friday? That means I would have to be working on Friday. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. Oh, that's awesome. That's <clears throat> awesome. So uh, I, I do have a question here. Um, uh, definitely give you a la- hard time the last time you were on the podcast. Are you a Kentucky fan? Are you a Buckeye fan? Are you a Seminole fan? So I got to ask, now that the Wildcats aren't in this, are you rooting for the Seminoles or are you rooting for the Buckeyes? Who are you pulling for in here in March. Are you sure they're not in the bracket? Are you sure? I mean, I, I think they might be in there somewhere. I, ha- I, <laughs> I pick them to win every year. So they're in there somewhere. <laughs> now, it gets real complex when you talk about Ohio State basketball. We go back to way, way too far to the Thad Mata years and then not liking him back at Xavier. So Cincinnati boy, you gotta, you gotta have some of those ties. But we're on the Seminole train here. We're going to, we're going to hope everything keeps rolling for them. Uh, a little disappointing uh, being taken out there by Georgia tech here in the final, but uh, I, I see Ohio state winning a few games, but it's definitely uh, cheering for the Seminoles as we go. There yeah, we well, go. I mean, I, you, you can't win too many games when you commit 25 turnovers, right, Steve? <laughs> I mean, you know, you kind of have to make shots, not let them make shots. I, I don't know. I'm not a basketball expert. And, uh, <laughs> hopefully we're not uh, at this level for the rest of the podcast, but we'll keep it real simple for everyone doing. Hi, Newman. Yeah. Hi, Newman's mom. <laughs> I like I like both of your team's uh, draws. I, mean, I, I think I think Ohio State kind of skips right along to the lead eight. I think they run into, uh, spoiler alert, my, uh, my, one of my national championship teams in Baylor. Um, but I, I really like Ohio State's draw, and you know, I mean, Florida State. Um, I don't think going to have any problem in their first or second round games. So um, I, I think I think you could be seeing uh, an Elite Eight and Sweet Sixteen for for both your teams there, Sanders. You know, it's a nice second and third. You know, one B, one C. I, mean, <laughs> you know, I, I guess I'm a Virginia Tech fan. No, I'm just kidding. I can't even can't just 
figure out how many other teams I can possibly pick here for the next. Uh, with you, there's no limit. What, what's that? What's that? The limit does not exist. That's that's you. I mean, I'm just waiting for your next team. Um, I'm sure it'll happen. I'm sure it'll happen one day. Today is a good day for Indiana. We covered that at the start of the podcast. We don't need to spend any more time on it. But today is a good day. Day in a decade. (laughs) Ooh. Outside of the shot against the the Kentucky Wildcats, best day in a decade. ESPN loves that shot. You know ESPN. They play (laughs) that play it all the time. Some couple questions for you here. Um, what uh, what what do you think of the SEC? Because uh, you being a Kentucky fan, I, I'm sure you've watched a lot of SEC basketball play this year. So, is there any teams other than Bama that are going to make a deep run? I don't see it. I mean, I, I watch every single Kentucky basketball game live or on a slight delay. So I've been able to watch all of these teams. You don't have any consistency at the top. I mean, outside of Alabama, of course. I mean, you're looking at Arkansas being able to live and die by the three. They're gonna they're gonna hoist plenty of threes. You only need one game, of course, to go home in this in this tournament. So, I mean, LSU, not the teams they, they usually post. Uh, I mean, outside of Alabama, that might be a Sweet 16 team. If not, get caught here in a, in an early round. I'm not saying the first round, but. There's definitely a lot of potential for zero SEC teams that are going in the Sweet 16. Okay, let's let's take Alabama out of it. What? Who do you think is the most likely SEC team to uh, to jump in there? You know, Brandon likes to hoist his opinions on me here, so he, he's got me on this Arkansas train where I have him losing to Colgate in the first round. So, uh, yeah, know, and, and honestly, I'm still. Stealing- and I'm stealing it from my wife. Uh, my wife knows more about <clears throat> sports than any of us Mark three man. do. So she's been on the Arkansas train all year. Um, I I do like their draw. Um, again, I think I think they run into a, a gong. I think I think Ohio State is a better version of Arkansas. Um, so I, I think that's where they that, that that's where they run um, into some problems. But yeah, I do like Arkansas just because they're so deep. Um, they, they score, they roll out five guys that can all put up 20 points, um, in any given game. They're, they're just extremely deep, extremely athletic and, and muscleman has that offense where you just hoist threes. Um, you, you said that while we were texting this weekend. Um, cause I mean, what you said was correct. They could lose any game, but what you didn't say was the other side of that coin. They could win any game. So I don't, I don't like them in a prolonged stretch. Um, it's very hard to win the way they play six games in a row to win a championship. But I think you can – the way they play certainly leads the way to um, some potential upsets. So Yeah. So, I, I mean, spoiler alert, I've got Texas Tech beating them in the second round. Um, it's a, I think that that's a tough draw for them. Texas Tech is really good, and there are that, – that, that's a team that has made consistent runs into at least the Sweet 16 every year for the past, like, four or five years. So, um that to me, I think that there's a real chance for an upset there. Yeah, I'm, I just, I just like, uh, I like Arkansas's guards against um, Texas Tech's guards. Texas Tech is a little bit better inside, uh, but I don't think Texas mm-hmm. Tech is near athletic. Uh, and I just don't like Matt McClung. Um, didn't he come from Xavier or Cincinnati? <clears throat> um, he came from one of the. I think I think Mike McClung came from from Xavier. Um, so I, I should appreciate white point guards. He's a white point guard, but I, I just don't think he can get it done against Arkansas's athletes. They don't have any white point guards that wear headbands, so I can't pick them. 
There, there's a couple of those guys on uh, like Gonzaga and on Iowa. You just gotta respect the game. Yeah, really committed to it for sure. Um, so I'm I'm gonna take a little bit of Newman's thunder uh, and just ask you right away: How far do you have Florida State going? So on two separate brackets, I have them going exactly the same distance, and it's to play Michigan. And yeah. I have one where they win. I got one where they lose. I, I so, see him getting past Gonzaga out of the West. I think Gonzaga is clear-cut number one team. And you know, Michigan's clearly shown that you only have to miss on one one game in a four-game stretch, and they can clearly yep. miss. So same same reasoning I have for Arkansas. I mean, once, once you just don't have any shots going in, you could be down 15 points in the first half and just not be able to come back from that. It's a big NCAA tournament. Red flag. Red flag. Red alert. Like your shirt. My shirt, God damn it. Um, well, so again, I, I've, I've said it all. I've said it all year. So I gotta stay with it. I've said Texas is the better version of Florida State. Um, so I am absolutely loving that matchup in the Elite Eight. Uh, I have Texas winning. I have Texas coming out of that bracket. I just, I just love uh, what Shaka Smart's doing there. His combination of defense and length. Uh, they can't shoot the ball as we witnessed. They have a, tr- they have trouble from shooting it sometimes, which is kind of how you win games. Um, but, but, you know, I want to see that that's the matchup I've kind of been touting all year. Uh, so that's my dream scenario. I think if Michigan gets livers back, they beat Florida state, uh, but he has a calf strain. I mean, all it takes is one flare up middle of the first half and he's out the rest of the game, you know? So I, I think, I think livers is the huge linchpin in that, uh, in that, uh, possible matchup between Florida state and, and Michigan. Um, Newman. Plus if, plus if he does come back. Will he have any rust? Will there be any of that affecting him? Because um, his inability to practice, probably there's not going to be a whole lot of practice for a guy who's got a you know hurt calf and stuff like that. So that's one of those things where I would expect you know I, I have FSU winning that game. Um, I have them advancing to the Final Four and losing to Gonzaga. Uh, it was real close with the Texas thing, but you made my point with they have trouble shooting. The one thing that Florida State can do is shoot the three. So. If they get into a matchup where you know they're both trying to press press each other, um, and it comes down to it, Florida State's got the better shooters. So, if you yes. some of that championship game and some of that semifinal going into the uh, the championship and semifinal four conference play, there are a lot of interior passes that aren't getting passed and they're not getting completed right in any other uh, any other tournament. I mean, these interior passes were where was the center at? I mean, he's standing right there and it's just getting thrown around him. I think mm-hmm. the defensive uh, prowess of, of Florida state, the length of Florida state just gets in the way of those uh, seemingly layups because you, there was just nobody there. Yeah. So let's, the let's game was just all in the paint. <clears throat> so, yeah. So let's talk about a potential second round matchup. Uh, I know, I know Georgetown's everyone's darling right now because of what they were just able to do in the big East tournament. I love uh, McKinley, Wright. Um, I gave the story about McKinley Wright when Newman and I did the podcast on Saturday. I've been following him since he's been at Dayton. I really wanted him at IU. Um, so he, he's an absolute stud. There's no way uh, Florida State's length is going to let McKinley Wright take over the game. Um, that's that's just not how you beat Florida State. And that's Colorado's only chance is for McKinley Wright to go nuclear. And Florida State is just too deep and can throw too many bodies at one guy. 
Um, so that that's I like I like Colorado. I I wanted them to to go on a run because I think guards rule March. Um, but when you have the length and, and and size that Florida State does, just unfortunately, I don't see the Buffs really having any chance there in the second round. Um, and another thing about that is Florida State does a really good job when there's one guy that they have to shut down. Um, we saw it a few years ago with John Morant. Um, he was playing at Murray State. Like, absolutely just take out one guy. The Ham is good enough to uh, understanding defensively how he needs to do that, and and they they do a pretty good job of that. So, yeah, no. a revitalized team too after that ACC loss in the championship. Ham's going to be able to to tighten everyone down. I mean, it's just a sheer lack of discipline, and that's just not the way that FSU's played basically ninety five percent of those games all season long. Yeah, I mean, you can't possibly turn the ball over that many times. The the other major factor for FSU is they don't have to deal with any more ACC refs for the rest of the season um, because everyone knows ACC stands for another crappy call. So um, they can avoid that for the rest of the rest of the tournament here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm, one, one more thing, because, again, I think we're all kind of focused on that Texas-Florida uh, State game, and, and we, we've been talking about the ACC championship game a lot. Texas is, despite their pressing, their pressing is more to slow down the offense and disrupt, really, than it is to turn it over. They really only turn teams over very little. They're 293rd in turnovers forced, which has got to be music to to Florida State's ears. Um, so I saw that interesting and as I was playing with matchups today that I was just like, oh, Texas's press and length is going to really turn over Florida State. And then I was like, ah, actually, Texas doesn't do that, um, yeah. which is which is kind of interesting. So. So before before we before we let you go here, Sanders, we got to get who's your final four, what's your national championship and, and who's cutting down the nets here uh, in Indianapolis. The uneventful picks of the night is a lot of chalk. I have a lot of chalk in this bracket. It happened two years ago, obviously not remembering. Where's the bracket last year? So I have a Gonzaga in Illinois. I think that Illinois is just in the right frame of mind. They have the length and possibly the best last name in all of college basketball. But Gonzaga is definitely going through. And uh, I mean, so disciplined, the the experience they have the coach that they have i think he finally be is able to break through with uh the 74 68 do, do you have a ohio state coming out of the south i do not in any bracket okay so who who's your south uh your south final four contestant there uh i do have baylor in both okay. brackets really really not liking that pick you, you hate Baylor. i did pick you've been talking shit on baylor for months steve i wouldn't necessarily i wouldn't necessarily say that i hate baylor right so if you go back and, and look at what the message actually was i said they were bound for a letdown bound for a letdown and what do you know they lost the next game went to overtime in the game following and then also lost in the big 12 so so what 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 what's me and sanders have been saying that got their losses out of the way um, they're ready to make a run. Exactly. That's that. Uh, God, some people just some people get us. Some people don't get us. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll leave it at that. Um, I'm curious. Uh, you know, what's there, what are some of the reasons that you have Baylor beating Illinois? Because I also have that matchup. I also went a lot of chalk. I just like Illinois doesn't have a second guard. They have Curbelo, who who 
plays amazing, but sometimes plays like a freshman. They have Trent Frazier, who's a knockdown shooter, but if you run him off the perimeter, you can't really do anything. I think the lack of a second guard is really going to hurt Baylor in this matchup. Um, they have Jared Cutler and Davion Mitchell. That's a one-two punch in the backcourt, and I think that's ultimately going to be the deciding factor in the Baylor-Illinois matchup. I mean, I think this is going to be an all-time classic game. I think this is going to be an amazing matchup. Um, but yeah, it's that lack of a second guard with Illinois that I think is really going to be a difference in, in a potential classic. So I, I agree with you on that. I, I think Mitchell Mitchell is the main reason that he's going to he impact on. Io's uh, gameplay there, and Jared Butler's really, really good. So, I mean, he's a contestant, or he's a you know potential ten or Big Twelve Player of the Year, um, as well as you know a uh, possible guy who I think is worthy of of uh, winning a Player of the Year nationally. So, yeah. So, so Sanders, you also had uh, Gonzaga cutting down the nets. Uh, you know. You know, being another undefeated team that the Indiana Hoosiers are in the Hoosier state, I think it's poetic justice. I also see it. I also selfishly have Baylor losing in the championship game because I am lobbying for Scott Drew to be the next IU coach. I think he shows that he he goes as far as he can with Baylor, and if he wants to go win a national championship, he needs to go to Bloomington, Indiana, to go get that done. So, um, so that's the last national champion to wear Adidas. Oh God, I, that's a fantastic question. I know has there been? There may not have been. I mean, <laughs> Louisville? You? I mean, I guess you guys weren't even in, in Adidas back then. Louisville? They might be with Patino. Uh, <clears throat> see, see, that's what I got him on for. I'm here for the hot takes. Newman's here for the actual information. Come on, you've known us long enough to oh, know. We're all on uh, the same screen, but I was not looking at you. I was looking. At you. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. All right. New, all right. Uh, Sanders, anything else here before we put a bow on uh, another guest appearance? I do want to say West Virginia with the Molar boys, you're all on the Molar boy train. You keep recruiting them all out of my high school to IU. That's why they're not moving up to the NBA. Stop doing that. Jackson <laughs> Hayes, Texas alum. Thank you very much. Uh, and I do believe in Texas a little bit too. So uh, West Virginia with McBride deadly. Yeah, I love Press Virginia. Um, I, I think I have Press Virginia beating Houston. Um, I just think I just, I just think Illinois is a little too much uh, for Press Virginia. I love Bob Huggins. I wish they would shoot the three a little bit more. Um, I think sometimes they, they 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 drive carelessly and it leads to too many turnovers. Uh, I think they play a little fast too uh, sometimes, and I think that's gonna. I think Illinois has the guards to match that uh, intensity uh, there. But I do like West. I like that West Virginia run as well. Cool. You know, any quality information, you know where you know where to find me. This of course. Right here. This is this is. All right, Sanders. I'll talk to you later. I'll probably be texting you all this weekend. Um, how about how about staying up past eleven o'clock? Will you, old man? Um, <laughs> all right. See you, dude. Later, guys. All right. Um, that was that was the great and powerful Sanders. Always always a great time um, when we have him on. Um, but. I, I think it's no surprise we're, we're more excited for our next guest that's, that'll be here soon. Um, Jackie will be here to give a little bit more ACC insight and, and talk North Carolina, probably crap on Duke a little bit um, as well. I think, I think nobody likes Duke here on this pod or on this team, so we'll definitely be taking our shots 
um, since they uh, since they ran into COVID issues as well. So uh, before we left off, we we were at the the USC Wichita State game, and um, and, and talking through that. Uh, Newman likes Wichita. I like Wichita. Um, we talked before kind of about Colorado, uh, another Pac-12 team that relies on one player, uh, and that's uh, that's uh, Robley, uh, Evan Mobley, Evan Mobley from from USC. He's a big man. He, he's really good. He's he's a he's a lottery pick. Um, but again, when you're relying on one player, it can either go one of two ways. Um, it can go really well, or you can get uh, you can get boat raced. Uh, and I definitely think I, that that's my upset. Uh, even if even if Drake wins, Drake shoots the three really well. They have a really high floor as well. So um, with, whether it's Wichita State or Drake, I do like the upset the U, uh, uh, upset USC. That's also because I hate the Pac-12. Pac-12 yeah. is just not good. I, I don't even know how they like get can like they are a Power Five, but Big East is a better conference than the Pac-12 in basketball. Um, yeah, yeah. So. It, it is at this point. Um, when's the last time a Pac-12 team's actually won anything, realistically? like Oregon made it to a Final Four, I think, um, four or five years ago. They, they upset Kansas. Yeah, they've, they've had some runs here and there, but the, the last national championship winner out of the Pac-12 is still, I think... Um, UCLA, yeah, a while ago. Did Stanford ever get there? Ooh, I don't know. I don't. Utah did back in the early two thousands. Um, I remember. I remember I Utah they were in the Pac twelve at that point. So, yeah, then maybe they weren't. Maybe they weren't. Uh, all right, let's 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 wrap up this bracket real quick. Just real quick, Kansas rolls Eastern Washington. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That's no, no need to talk about this again. We were just talking Oregon. Um, I like VCU. I like the way they play. Uh, they they kept the defensive tradition alive from Shaka Smart, but I think Oregon just has too many athletes. They've been playing really bad, um, but honestly, I think talent prevails there. Well, so Oregon Oregon was was at, was without one of their key players for a stretch a long stretch of the season there, and now that he, he's been back, they've been playing much better. Although they did lose to Oregon State in the uh, Pac-12 uh, tournament there, so but yeah, I have I have them advancing over VCU. Perfect. And that last game there, 15-2, uh, we talked about Iowa before. I think I think with matchups, they could make a run. I don't think they can beat – I think they'll need someone to knock off Gonzaga for them because we've already seen that, uh, we've already seen that episode. Uh, but I don't think the fighting Bryce Drews have a shot with Grand Canyon. Yeah, I, I have Iowa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So let's, let's move to the south bracket because I think this is going to time up really well. Uh, with with Jack Attack coming here very very soon, um, we got Baylor. Uh, you we, you heard over the conversation with um, with Sanders uh, that we we both have Baylor coming out of this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What um, before we get into North Carolina, Wisconsin? I you briefly touched on a Winthrop Villanova. What uh, mm-hmm. uh, kind of you didn't really go through your reasons of why you thought Winthrop would pull the upset here. Uh, Gillespie being out is basically the main reason. Um, the, Winthrop has some guys they, they can play. Um, they, I want to say a 12 is kind of actually a disservice to them. They probably could have been more closer to an 11 line, um, but this year is just kind of weird in terms of some of the seedings with some of the stuff that's gone on. Villanova, to me, without Gillespie, it, it, they're just not close to the same team. So that's why I have uh, Winthrop taking it there. 
<clears throat> so the issue with Villanova being out is Gillespie was kind of their only threat on the perimeter. Um, Villanova almost instantly becomes very easy to guard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, they, they have guards that get to the paint. They have some talented big men, um, but they just start to become very easy to game plan around. Um, I had Villanova winning, but I, I think Purdue can score at multiple levels. Um, and I think I think Purdue, uh, Matt Painter is a, a fantastic defensive coach. And I think Villanova goes home early, which is really unfortunate um, because I, I really liked, uh, you know, Connor Gillespie potentially getting a run in his last year. Yeah. Hasn't Connor Gillespie seemed like he's been there for like ten years? Can he can he come back? That's Don't the way it works. Every year? Don't they all yeah. have a free year? Couldn't he come God, back? God, it's it, I mean, it seems like that Villanova team that won it all seems like it was last decade and he was on that yeah. team. Yeah, it's RG Diacono. Yeah, <laughs> actually playing in the NBA, which is insane. I can't believe yeah. I would have never thought he would have been an NBA player. Um, but uh, let's let, let's keep this train moving on 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 the south. You think North Texas could upset Purdue at all? No, no, no. Utah Purdue. State any chance over Texas Tech? No, no. Perfect. Uh, I think I think you did not. Sanders had Colgate as an upset. You're not picking Colgate, are you? No, I have Arkansas winning that game, but that's it. Yeah. So let's talk. There's two interesting games in this bracket: Florida, Georgia Tech, Wisconsin, North Carolina. Um, before Jack Attack gets on, let's let's talk uh, Virginia Tech, Florida. I think you probably know more about Virginia Tech. Uh, I haven't watched them too many times this year. Um, can they can they pull off the seven ten upset? They definitely can. Uh, I'd argue that you could flip the seating on that. Uh, in all honesty, um, to me, Virginia Tech is a much. I think that they're a better and consi- more consistent team than Florida is. Um, I also think that they play in a much tougher conference. Uh, to me, the SEC is not that has not been that good this year, and UF has been kind of a mediocre team even amongst its peers in the SEC. So uh, it'd be different if that you know they they hadn't uh, their, their best player hadn't gotten hurt or whatever had that medical issue um, really early in the season for UF. But to me, Virginia Tech is definitely going to win this game. Yeah, so I think there's a lot there's a lot of athletes in this game. Uh, I think I think it'll be a pretty fun up and down game led by Virginia Tech center. Um, you know, I I think I like Virginia Tech in this game, but it, it's honestly it's right up there with the kind of Oklahoma Missouri to where like I, I haven't really watched enough of these teams to be confident either way. And you know, they're again like you said. The, the seeds could easily be swapped, and I don't think there would be any argument there. Uh, I'm mainly taking Virginia Tech because I think they played a little bit better competition, um, and they and they had the best player on the court. Um, that's kind of always my default when I'm really stuck, whether whether it's in gambling or regular. Like, who has the best player? Okay, I'm going to go with that team. Um, so, I mean, in in a sport like basketball, where the best player can have an outsized impact on that game, that is a, a strong strategy. So, it's a little bit different in football and baseball, things like that, where weak link sports to come into more into play. But basketball is definitely a strong link sport. A single player can absolutely carry a team. So, absolutely. Um, I, I don't think either one of us have kind of any any Cinderellas in this bracket. Um, if you had to pick one, um, if you had to pick, you know, someone. Six or six or higher um, in this bracket. Who would it be uh, as a surprise? To win multiple, or to just win one? Well, if you have multiple, I I have a tough time no, finding I'm anything. I'm asking for your question. So I have um I have 
Virginia Tech beating Florida as a double-digit seed, and I have Winthrop beating Villanova. We've already gone over those. Um, I don't have either one of those winning a second game. But if I had to say, hey, I need to pick one team to win two games, um, no, honestly, I might take UNC or Wisconsin as the that team to advance. As and they're not quite a double-digit, but like they're capable of giving Baylor enough based on their coaching history um, and their, and, you know, having a lot of strong, you know, Wisconsin's with a lot of seniors, UNC's with a lot of really young, good, big men um, potentially could give Baylor a little bit of trouble because as much as Baylor is really good at the point guard position, their bigs, you know, Vital is great, but he's also not that big. Like they can run three or four guys at him and that could give them some trouble. Um, the biggest thing about UNC to me is just their inability to shoot on a consistent basis. Um, and I so, think that's what sinks them against Wisconsin. I, I honestly yeah. don't think they can – if Wisconsin comes out shooting well, which I they've played in that, – that's where I think the Big Ten teams have a little bit of an advantage because they're playing relatively close to home, sometimes in buildings they're familiar with. Um, so I think that's a huge, huge advantage. And Wisconsin's been a disappointment this year. Um, they, they, they've had a down year versus expectations. Um, so I, I think they beat North Carolina – and I think uh, if, if Baylor struggles to shoot, and also Wisconsin plays that five-out offense, I think Baylor is used to playing in the paint. Uh, they're used to – I mean, they don't play a, a pack line, uh, but, but they do pack it in um, and really challenge at the rim. That's not the way Wisconsin plays. Wisconsin plays perimeter-oriented, slow it down, minimal possessions. Um, that screams two things to me. That screams – you're very easily to be upset and you also can upset teams. So I think those two factors are going to make things very interesting for both North Carolina in the first round and Baylor in the second round. So I don't know. That might be a little bit, a little bit of big 10 bias there, but I think, I think Wisconsin is just a bad matchup for both Baylor and Wisconsin um, or Baylor and North Carolina. Yeah, so I still have North Carolina advancing just because, like, the one thing that I think really happened here, for some reason, really downgraded a lot of the ACC teams. Like, um, there's there's nobody – I mean, Florida State and Virginia are the two highest seeds out of the ACC, and they're both fours. Um, UNC at an eight, I think that I would prefer UNC over a team like um, – <clears throat> over a team like Florida uh, in terms of the seeding. So, you know, I mean, like. How did Clemson get a seven? That seems insane. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and they're one of, they're probably the team that I like the least out of the ACC in the, oh, in the, for in sure. the, in the bracket. So, yeah, I have, I have, um, I have well, let's move on to that. We can, always, we can always revisit the Midwest bracket here um, when our favorite guest here jo uh, joins. Um, let's, let's move on to that Midwest, um, which, which I think, again, gets some. Not really interesting matchups, in my opinion, in, in the first round, um, but I think it's interesting uh, as the rounds progress. Um, again, we, we talked about no 16 seeds doing it, so there's Illinois. What about, uh, what about Georgia Tech coming off an amazing ACC run against the Loyola Ramblers, the darlings of a few years ago? Uh, I think that's a, a super fun matchup. What do you think? Yeah, Georgia Tech has a really gritty style. Um, Passner likes to throw a lot of different styles of defense at people, so that could swing it their way. They also have Jose Alvarado, who's Defensive Player of the Year in the ACC, and he's um, he he's super gritty. He's not 
he's an okay shooter, um, but he is going to hound whoever the ball, you know, whoever's bringing the ball up the whole, you know, the whole time. Um, the guy has a ton of energy. I think he played in 40 minutes in the ACC championship game, which is insane. Um, so it's just one of those. It's really him and Moses Wright are their two biggest key players. Um, and that may be enough to get it done. It's That's kind of tough for me. Um, if they weren't, I see, that's another one where I think that's a bad draw as a nine seed. Um, if they had gotten a better draw, uh, then I could see them making, you know, a little bit more noise in somewhere in the tournament. Um, but that's tough getting. Yeah. A, a little bit of, they played too well because I love Georgia tech. Like if I was Georgia tech, I would love to be a 10 or 11 seed. Like if I'm looking at this, I'm like, Oh God, I get eight and then a one. Like <laughs> I know Georgia tech could not be happy with that. Uh, the, the old, you, you did too much. Uh, I never have to worry about doing too much. Um, that's not, uh, not my go-to whatsoever. Um, but let's bring in our second guest here, uh, off since we're talking ACC, uh, Jackie, what is going on? What's going on guys? Not so much. Just, up, right? <laughs> just talking some awesome March madness. Um, where, where does this, where does this time of the year rank for you? Um, like, do you like this better than the NFL playoffs? Then, then you know, kind of where where does this fall in your hierarchy? Yeah, don't tell my husband, but this is way better for me than the NFL playoffs. <laughs> there we go. Uh, that that secret is safe here and for all who listens to the show. No, it isn't. Not at all. Um, so awesome. So um, so I asked Sanders this. I'm gonna ask you as well. Did you take Friday off work? No. No. Oh, well, I won't tell. I won't tell your boss when you're when you're sneaking to watch a few of these games, that secret is safe with me here. Um, it's usually nice because he's like, keep it on in the background. And I just like pop out every once in a while to check on how things are doing. There we go. There, That's, that's the more professional decision. I'm still acting like I'm in my mid twenties and taking that day off. Um, but that probably says more about me than it says uh, about anything else. So um, before we get into North Carolina, um, have you had a chance to fill out the bracket? And is there is there anyone you really like here? Um, I did. I, uh, I filled it out last night, um, like right after everything dropped at around like 8 o'clock. Um, I don't know. Um, really thinking like USC is going up there for me. It's, it's going pretty far. Uh, really? I don't know. Just sounds nice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we all know that I'm going to put UNC like annoyingly high and it's, it's not going to happen, but you know, it's an emotionally charged bracket. Of, of, if, again. So my team's never in it. Um, but when the few occasions that my team is in it, Oh, you absolutely. I filled out two brackets, one with my head, one with my heart. I mean, you absolutely got to fill out one with your heart. Um, so I, I definitely get that, uh, get that strategy. So, um, so you, you like UNC, um, pulling, pulling off some upsets. That's awesome. Um, anyone and anyone else you kind of see, do, do you see Gonzaga going undefeated at all? That's actually, I have Gonzaga going all the way. Going all the way. Yeah. See, that's, that's, that's tough for me, but I, I also have that. So you're in good company. Sanders has that. I have that. You have that. A lot of great minds. Have, I also uh, have Gonzaga. Newman, Newman, <laughs> God. Doesn't make for great podcasting, but it does make us all very smart. Part of me is well, like maybe I should throw in a throw in a Baylor at pick <laughs> just just for the bracket purposes and everybody. 
I mean, we yeah. can talk about the, the, the most important thing is What's who's that? not on the bracket. Oh, I did. I did tease that uh, before you go on. How happy are you that Duke is not in this tournament? I mean, it just tickles me pink. It's the best feeling ever. <laughs> yeah. Especially considering last year, had there have been an NCAA tournament, UNC would not have been in it. And to beat them two times this year, but the second time was like a total ass kicking. And then like walking all over Notre Dame a couple weeks later, it's just been been riding high. It's been, it's been really sad. Yeah. That's a team that's clicking at the right time. They've been playing very well. So. I mean, it's a new team, Um, you know, with everything that 2020 had thrown at them, it's, it's, it's tough to say how anyone's going to do. You can have Duke not playing in the ACC because of COVID exposure. So, so you're, you're throwing that like how does this mix up everything i have no idea what they would do if there was an exposure i know they're keeping it tight because it's all in indie but yeah i just want to touch on that real quick one of the reasons why duke um had that that uh that issue there was like a massive breakout on duke's campus just because their friends used to not party so they're having all parties and stuff like that and um of course that means that somebody from duke got it but here's the thing. Duke was the only team that was like, hey, you know what? We're not going to stay in the hotels in the quarantine for the ACC bubble. We're going to bust back and forth to Durham um, each night so that uh, we can we can sleep in our own beds. It's just Coach K being, uh, you know, the obnoxious asshole that he always is and, you know, needing to have things his way, even though it makes no sense for uh, a school that is having an outbreak to be busing their students back and forth to a tournament that is supposed to be going on like this. So the fact that they're not in the it didn't make it into the NCAA tournament is well-deserved in my opinion. It also speaks to the pretentiousness of Duke and everyone yeah. that goes there. Yeah. So I, I got a question. Did you hate Duke before you went to North Carolina? Yes. You did. Okay. So, so did you grow up a North Carolina fan? I should have probably done, done my research here. Not necessarily a North Carolina fan, but so I have a bunch of older cousins. I'm the only girl out of all of my cousins. All of them are like raging Duke fans, and it's just the most obnoxious thing ever. They're also Eagles fans, so if that makes any sense. Um, oh, that, that definitely checks so, out. So it's more of like a, a, a fight the fight the man kind of a thing of just like, mm-hmm. you guys can't be so cool. I'm not going to fall into this and be a Duke fan along with you, so... What, what's can you give us your favorite or the one that stands out the most Duke North Carolina memory? Well, I went to the game. So this was actually a oh, that just tickles me again. Um, there was a game, I think it was in 2013, 2014 season where um, the Duke game I had as a student, you there's like phase one, two, three, four, like lottery system. And you get a phase one, which is the, like, you're the first one's let in once the entire time that you're there. Like as a senior, you get it. I was in grad school, so I was able to get one as like a grad student, not necessarily being a senior, but um, you only get one. And so during the two and a half years that I was there, got this to the Duke UNC game, it ended up getting snow. Like you probably have seen like the pictures of like cars on fire on the side of the road in Raleigh after they got like a whopping like four inches of snow. Um, where like the entire town was paralyzed and (laughs) to North Carolina, they couldn't make it the eight miles down the road to play us. And people were waiting outside the stadium. It was nuts. They ended up canceling the game because they couldn't get there and rescheduling it for later in the year. So the game got rescheduled. I still had my phase one tickets. We went in, I was right in the rafters in the, in the bleachers right behind 
the basket and we won in like a buzzer beater. Like it could not have been like the cool, it was just like the best experience. It wasn't like a total ass kicking in one direction or the other. It was really close down to the wire. We got it at the like very last minute and everyone just like stormed the court and I don't remember the rest of the night. So there you go. Storming the court's always fun. Yeah. So you you both have, I never got an opportunity to storm the court because yeah. my team's never been good enough. Yeah, when I was in grad school, Florida State uh, played Duke. Uh, Duke was ranked number one in the country, and we lit them up. We beat them by like double digits and stormed the court. So, well, maybe that's issue. I my team's not good, and I didn't go to grad school. So you guys, you guys got both of that on me. <laughs> um, we weren't in the ACC, so you know that's that's your loss. That's also it. That's also it. So um, another thing I want to ask. Uh, this is coming from Sasha. Um, do you have any kind of dips or appetizers or anything like that that you make um, for for March Madness? Because she is she's quite the cook, so she she wants to know if she needs to ask you for for anything to make because because um, we're watching ninety six hours of basketball uh, yeah. at our household. So typically, I'm like the beer cheese dip person. I'm I make mm-hmm. a really mean beer cheese that we typically do for our October. Ooh, that sounds amazing. Um, and that's pretty baller. It's a pain to clean up afterwards, but that's what Drew's for. So yeah, um, we got to be good for something. Like I have to contribute somehow. And it's-, it's coming into like guac season for us. So like I'll get if I can get some good avocados. I'm oh. usually pretty good at like making guac. So Solid. simple cheese and cheese and of avocado. course. What else is what else do you need in life? Meat. No, it's meat. meat <laughs> We're good. Smoke some avocados. We're good. Yeah, I mean, that's all. Yep. I said something in my fridge right now needs to be smoked. <laughs> so we got we have, we have Gonzaga winning it. You have North Carolina pulling some upsets. Um, any anything else? Are you gonna Are you pulling for the Seminoles? Um, are Are you gonna be? They're going far. I mean, I have them. I have them going pretty far. I mean, they're a four seed, so it's anything's possible. I'm trying to look at my. I can't get my uh, window big enough to see it, but I think I have. Um, I have Florida getting Florida State getting upset by Alabama, um, in the Elite Eight. In the Elite yeah, Eight, not bad. So. Nope, nope, not not at all. Well, awesome, Jackie. Thank you so much for for stopping in. It was it was a blast. It was good to see you. Always a pleasure, guys. Happy Thanks, to Jackie. Basketball hockey. Come anytime. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> all righty. See ya. Bye, guys. <coughs> all right. So. A, f- a few takes there. Um, I-, I don't think they're awful. If they can get past Baylor, I can see North Carolina. There's no reason. North Carolina has the talent to get to the Elite Eight uh, mm-hmm. against Ohio State. I love Caleb Love. Um, IU is in one of his his final three. Um, he's, he's out of St. Louis and just an absolute dynamic guard. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if they can get past – if they can get past Baylor – they can beat Purdue, Villanova, Texas Tech, Arkansas. I don't think they can beat Ohio State. Um, but again, I, you know, it's not inconceivable to say, yeah, North Carolina probably has the third best talent in that bracket. Um, and when and yeah, you yeah. and and like you and I said, when you have the talent, anything can happen. Um, especially when you know you're like, there's only uh, five guys out there that get the ball. Yeah, well, I mean, and then the other thing is, it's. <clears throat> the coach, right? So they're, mm-hmm. they have a team with a very experienced coach, 900 plus victories that he achieved this year. Uh, Roy Williams has cut down the nets before. So, um, you know, that that's a team that definitely 
can lean on his experience as a coach. So, and, and yep. they've been clicking, they've been clicking. So again, the right time to be hot. Um, let's jump back down to the Midwest bracket. Um, and so our, our Jackie came, so I got kind of lost in my preparation for that. Are you picking Georgia tech to beat the Ramblers? I think I am right now. Not, not, not set on it, but I think so, I am. So, so to go back to what Jackie was saying, um, I have this, I have two brackets. I have, I have the one that you're doing that you put out to, to the mm-hmm. sports memory. Uh, and then in, in my other one, I'm, I'm picking Loyola. Like, again, I have my, with you, because again, you and I are extremely competitive. I need to beat you in this. So I have Georgia tech winning, but in, in my other bracket that I'm doing a little bit more with my heart, um, I'm picking the Ramblers. So it's, it's a very good matchup. That'll be, that'll be one. Of the oh, I shouldn't games. be giving, give them all. All away, you're just gonna you're just gonna match what I've got on a, on a, everything but a couple. <laughs> Caught red-handed. All right, let's let's go to this next game. Um, again, two teams. One team that I know you hate. How the heck did you pick a winner between Oregon State and Tennessee? I took Tennessee just because they're a much better team. Um, yeah. They're capable of losing this game. Um, but Oregon State's just- well, when you only score fifty-five points, you know you can lose yeah. to anyone. I mean, Tennessee just doesn't know how to right. score. They are one of the better defensive teams. I mean, Pons had almost like he almost had a double-double with blocks in in mm-hmm. the SEC tournament. I mean, he's an absolute defensive stud. But you know, you got to score the ball, and uh, and and they have a really difficult time doing it. But I see them losing. I, I have them um, losing to Cade Cunningham in the second round. Um, but Same. Yeah, they, they, they don't, they don't slip up. So let's move into the Cade Cunningham <clears throat> game. A lot of the national pundits kind of like Liberty. Um, what do you think about that? Because I don't, I don't see it. Liberty, Liberty is good. They're a good basketball team, but Cade Cunningham is, that's one of those where it's like the best player will carry you there. And the thing is Oklahoma state has some other good players. They've really started to play well down the stretch. They did lose to Texas, but a lot of people are lose to Texas. Texas is going to the final. Yeah, but but with the way that Oklahoma State is um, has been playing, and Kate Cunningham, and you know the emergence of some of the other guys, um, I think it's just too much for them to to first round. Yeah, again, we we we've talked. I, I think we we have Illinois coming out of this bracket, but. Illinois needs to be concerned about Oklahoma State. I mean, you just said it. When you have one guy that can take over the game, that's a 4-1. That's concerning to me. Again, I have Illinois winning. I've, I've liked them all year. but I think that's going to be a great game. I mean, seeing Io and, and Cade going up against each other, I think that's going to be that's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of high-level basketball. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of high-level basketball. Uh, let's, let's jump over to me, the edge for Illinois to get that victory is, is Coburn. Yeah, I mean, not. I was just going to say Oklahoma State doesn't have the guys to throw at Kofi. I don't know if anyone has the bodies to throw at Kofi, except maybe you know Florida State, Texas. You, I mean UNC if they if they happen to play them, um, but they have they have enough bigs to do it. Uh, Florida State does too, but yeah, that that's you know, not there's not many. No, he's called Baby Shack for a reason. Yeah. Um, let's jump to another one of these 11-6 games that I like so much. Um, uh, what did you think of Syracuse? You, you've seen them probably more than I have in the ACC. I've seen them about a handful of times. Uh, they, to me, they just seem like a high-ceiling, low-floor. Um, they can light it up from three, and they can also go cold and score you know, 
60 points. That, that's very true. Uh, the one advantage that they may have is um, Beheim runs the 2-3 zone, which is not something that a lot of teams play um, or get to play against. And they run at a level that is much different than other teams. So that tends to give teams trouble in tournament situations like this. Um, so opening with San Diego State, that, that'll give them an opportunity to get them there. Um, and plus, you know, uh, Buddy Beheim is can really shoot the ball. So, Oh, trust me, I know all about that. IU has been a one seed one time in the past decade, and they lost to Syracuse in the Sweet 16 because Tom Crean never saw a zone before. Yeah. So <laughs> it gives people fits, man. It's it's tough. Yeah. All right. Let's let's again. I think both of us have press Virginia going far, so I don't think we need to talk about Moorhead State. I have, um, I have West Virginia in the Elite Eight, losing yep, to we, Illinois. We we both do. Um, we talked about Clemson being possibly overseeded. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have them losing to? I do. Uh, I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, so so kind of similar vein that you have about Syracuse. Rutgers plays a very ugly brand of tackle basketball. Mm-hmm. And if you're not ready for it, it can really throw you off. Like they don't care if they get into foul trouble because they are going to beat you up. They aren't going to let you get comfortable. And Clemson's a team that has to get comfortable. If you mm-hmm. let Clemson get comfortable around the perimeter and running up and down, Clemson can be dangerous. But Rutgers Clemson isn't going to allow that to happen. Clemson also struggles from the line uh, a lot. So <clears throat> they have two really good players, but outside of those two players, when, when stuff starts to crumble, it can snowball on them real quick and they're just done. Like they, they can't come back. So um, Rutgers, if they can get out to a lead and, and really make them work for it early, then they can run away. Yep. Yep. I, I love that. We're on the same. I was talking to Sasha about it earlier. She likes Clemson um, simply because she likes their ceiling a little bit better. She thinks, you know, if any team scores 70 against Rutgers, Rutgers can never get there, which is true. Um, but again, kind of similar to Syracuse, if you don't play that tackle basketball, it, it can be jarring to play against. Mm-hmm. Um, again, uh, fight the fighting Kelvin Sampson's, um, I think easily take care of Cleveland state, but let's talk about that press Virginia, uh, Houston game. Um, what, what are the, some of the reasons you have, uh, Huggins pulling an upset there? Uh, to me, a lot of it's level of competition. Um, West Virginia has seen a lot more really good teams. They know how to play. Um, and Houston doesn't do anything that they haven't seen. So, you know, they're going to be able to run that game plan against, and they've probably seen it with better players, you know, looking at what the way Texas is going to play, the way um, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, all those, Baylor in the Big 12. It's a much, they're a much more battle-tested team. Um, plus, you got Huggy Bear. Uh, so, I mean, that's a that's a good coaching matchup with Huggy Bear versus um, Calvin Sampson, but uh, I, I think to me, Houston's a little bit overrated um, and they play in a much weaker, obviously conference um, than the big 12. So, yeah. So this is, this is kind of, <clears throat> again, on, on, like the light version of, of Baylor, Illinois, it's that second guard who, who's who after Quentin Grimes is going to be able to score against that West Virginia defense. I just don't think Houston has the depth. Um, to to kind of outlast West Virginia. I actually see this game probably being pretty close and then just the, the, the talent and the speed and the depth of what a Big 12 team does versus what an AAC team has. I think that mm. ultimately ends up being the deciding factor. Um, but I do, I, do, I do think it'll be a great Sweet 16 game. Um, but yeah, I like, I like Press Virginia. 
Um, what, what, what did they have to do to get past Illinois? Do they have any shot um, of, of getting to the final four? Cause I think they do again. Uh, Illinois has needs that second guard. Ayo, Ayo isn't a point guard. Is Curbelo? Is Adam Miller? Trent Frazier isn't. You really need a lead guard to settle things. That's why Texas Tech has had some luck against, or, or hasn't had luck against West Virginia. If you have a good guard, a good guard can really neutralize. A good backcourt can really neutralize a a Press Virginia team. Who's Illinois' lead guard? That's my only concern in that game, in that Elite Eight game, is because Io is an off the ball guard. If he's playing point guard, you're not maximizing his potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, that's putting Kurt Bello to be able to handle that West Virginia pressure. So I, I like Illinois in that game, but it wouldn't surprise <clears throat> I mean, again, I'm not putting outside the realm of possibility that, that Huggy Bear somehow upsets Illinois. They can, they can pull the upset. What they have to do is they have to find a way to, you know, force a lot of turnovers and not allow – you know, Coburn to just get him into too easy, too easy foul trouble, right? Like if he pounds it in there and they they just get into foul trouble and Illinois is just shooting like a ton of free throws in that game, they're going to lose. Um, yeah. West Virginia has had some issues at the line for some reason, um, which is kind of abnormal for Huggy Bear teams, I feel like. But they that's that's the key for them is not getting into foul trouble with their press. Yep, for sure, for sure. All right, anything else in the Midwest bracket you want to cover before what I think is the probably the most interesting bracket in the East? Nope. Bring it on. So, let's get to it. So again, we, we think we think Michigan is gonna win. Um look the the Bonnies are a popular nine eight team. Did nobody watch Trendon Watford this weekend? I mean, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I keep seeing all these people talking about the Bonnies, <laughs> and I'm like LSU, Will Wade, while he's a scumbag and a cheater, he's a heck of a good coach, and he's bought, keyword bought, a lot of talent there in the bayou. So um, do the Bonnie stand any chance to beat LSU? I mean, everyone has a chance in a, in a tournament setting like this. Um, what are they going to come out and try to do? to impose their will on LSU to get, to get it done is the, is the real question. Um, at the end of the day, I'm going to take LSU because they have the best player. So, yeah, perfect. Uh, so again, uh, we, we've covered this game a lot, but I, I don't think I know who you're picking here. Um, tell me you're not falling in love with Patrick Ewing and, and Georgetown. Yeah, let's do it. What? I don't get it, man. They're a bad team. I they, know they're they, bad. But uh, they just they just housed your boys in in Creighton, so um, that's another five seed. Uh, so um, Colorado is a five seed. Colorado had a good run in their tournament. Um, so I mean, this is you know two teams that have both kind of been playing hot some hot basketball lately, um, and it's just one of those things where you know uh, he's going to find a way. They're big. That's the thing. They're big, and and like you said, Colorado is basically hard. Um, is their guy, and so I mean, if they can, if they're able to shut him down in terms of not allowing him to drive to the paint, uh, which Georgetown should be able to do with their size, then um, I think that they can definitely win this game. So, 
Yeah, Colorado trots out four seniors. They, they have a lead guard. They just have a lot of the cliche things that win. Uh, again, I only have them winning one game. Um, but I can't, I can't see a senior point guard, and especially one that as good as McKinley Wright, losing in the first round. Maybe I'm overvaluing guards and seniors, but uh, I feel like I've said both of those things a million times in this podcast. Uh, but, yeah, I, that's, that's why I have Colorado winning. I mean, this is the year to overvalue those things, right, seniors and guard play, because that's that's typically, you know, it is often what we see in the, in the, this setting, um, in the tournament setting. So um, that that's a – that's a good take in regards to that, um, but especially with COVID, all the young players are, you know, but here's the thing. Some of those younger guys, this is really when they, you know, they're already starting to get click clicking into that spot. Uh, this, that's is why their, this is their January. This is their <clears throat> February. Kate yeah, that's why we've, we're see, I feel like we're seeing a lot of these really young teams really hit their strides right around now. So, yeah. Yeah, no, no need to talk Florida State because we're going to talk to them more as this bracket uh, continues to go on. Um, here's another 11-6. Um, I, I, again, BYU is uh, – they're 20-6, they're but if you they've lost the Gonzaga three times. So, um, you know, if you take out the Gonzaga, they're 20-3. They're um, yeah, but who have they played? That's – a good point. I, I, I was just building them up to tear them down. I don't care who Michigan State or UCLA. I think either team beats them. I have Michigan State, but I have Michigan State as well. Yeah, um, which I love. Abilene Christian doesn't stand a chance. Poor guys. I mean, maybe maybe they pull off the upset. No, they don't. No, they don't. Texas is going to win. Uh, but that makes a very interesting second round. So we both have Texas, Michigan State. Um, you know, Shaka versus Izzo. Uh, um, who do you have there? I think I know, um, but kind of walk walk me through your rationale. I don't think that Michigan State is going to be able. So here's the thing: Michigan State, when they're when they're good, what they really do is they rebound the ball well. Texas is big enough that they can rebound with them. Um, <clears throat> and then Michigan State, like they actually had a nice little run towards the end of the end end of the tournament there, but they, the guard play to to really get it done against a team like Texas. Um, so yeah, I have Texas winning that game. This is the worst guard play I've ever seen Michigan State. Like, in my history of watching college basketball, Foster Lawyer is an undersized point guard. Josh Langford is 24 because he's coming off three season-ending injuries. He's a shell of himself. Rocket Watts was a borderline five-star who just seems like a bust. They literally don't have a guard. Um, Langford's their best guard, but even he's not good. Like you said, to win, they need to live in the paint. Um, and that's just not that you don't beat Texas like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, how are you going to, how are you going to beat the, the press that Texas is going to throw at you without guards? Like that doesn't, it's not happening. Not happening. Um, so a, a topic of conversation in my household um, last night and today was this seven ten matchup. Um, before I give my opinion on it, who do you have between Maryland and UConn? I have Maryland. <clears throat> Yeah, so the fighting Mark Turgeons, the fighting I, Scott Van Pelts. I, I I should know better than to pick against you and Sasha, but again, here comes the broken record. I'm not picking against a guard play in, in March. The, the best player on the court is James Booknight. James Booknight averages 20 points a game. Um, the only reason UConn's 15 and seven is they missed Booknight for about a quarter of their year. Um, UConn's really good. 
Um, they're only a seven seed because of that injury. I, you know, I think if they have book night all year, they're probably looking at a four or five seed. Um, so I, I think UConn is, is borderline scary. Um, I think Alabama should be terrified of UConn in the second round. Um, but you know, what, what are some of the reasons other than Scott Van Pelt and, uh, and, and Mark Turgeon that, that, that you like Maryland? I think Maryland's depth is really the key element for them here. Um, they're going to be able to run out a lot more players at UConn. They play in a much tougher conference. So they've been, you know, they've, they've been, they, they, you know, they, they were, they were crushing Michigan. They let it get away from them um, after that whole Juwan Howard thing. But, um, but they, they had a big, big lead in that game. Um, and I was a little surprised about that, but they're a team that is absolutely capable of doing that to you. And the thing is, UConn's going to be able to come back. Yeah. The, the thing that I keep coming back to with UConn is they've only beat one tournament team, and it's a tournament team that neither one of us thinks is very good. They beat USC. Um, Maryland's beat Illinois. Maryland has beat Purdue. No, mm-hmm. Illinois has beat Wisconsin. They beat Rutgers. That is four teams that we've talked pretty highly about throughout this bracket breakdown. Maryland mm-hmm. definitely has the better wins, and you're right. Um, Maryland, again, kind of similar to, similar to Arkansas, they don't have a stud, but they also don't really have any weaknesses. Like their starting five is very solid. Um, you know, if, if, if they had one stud, Maryland turns into a really good team. They unfortunately don't this year. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, they can just throw players at waves at you. Um, so I totally get what you and Sasha are saying, um, with, with Maryland, but I'm riding with James Booknight, um, with UConn there. So as this, as this bracket uh, goes forward, um, what are some other matchups you're liking? What about Texas, uh, Texas, Alabama? So I've got Texas coming out of that just because, <clears throat> which is actually, that was a toss-up for me. I had a really hard time picking that game because um, they're two very, very well-matched teams. Um, I think you said that Alabama's the worst two and Texas might be the best three in this whole tournament. So they're they're pretty much basically we're seated right next to to each other and they happen to fall into the same which is unfortunate for both of them um kind of just my fading the sec is is really the, the big key there texas is um that that's why i chose them to win um you've got two really good coaches here in oats and, and smart going up against each other so maybe one of two of them will figure something out the one key that i think that could turn this for bama is if you know their their lead guards really start to shoot the ball well and they can tighten up on uh, on Texas because, as we've mentioned, Texas has a hard time shooting the ball and, and staying with that. So Alabama can score; uh, they will be able to do that. Um, okay. just saw- I can't. This this isn't the gambling pod, but if those two teams match up, that might mm-hmm. be like an over under of like one fifty five, one fifty seven. Mm-hmm. I mean, both Texas, both Texas and Alabama can score the heck out of the ball yeah and and the thing that texas is gonna really do like and we saw it kind of against oklahoma state they can kind of do that a little bit to bama so that's where i lean on that um but here's one thing that we haven't really talked about so your boy bobby knight has has argued in the past that sometimes it's better to lose a little bit earlier in your tournament instead of playing it all the way out uh because you're just a little bit more rested you have an extra day at least an extra day this year um and i mean like the acc Saturday night, so like they get two extra days essentially over some of their opponents. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I think I think the rest factor. factor. 
I think I absolutely think I also think there's no traveling. Um, you know, I mean, for for I think again, this condensed format I think is going to be very very interesting for all of those factors that you just mentioned. I, I think teams are going to be rested, and I think what that means is talent is going to prevail a little bit over momentum. Uh, I, I think I think I think that's why you're going to see a lot of chalk. We, we we talked now for almost an hour and a half, and we don't really have any Cinderellas. Um, and, and I think, and the point that I wanted to make there with that, the Lakers won, the Dodgers won, the Bucks won. You see in these bubble formats um, that talent is prevailing, and I think that continues. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's why you, me, Sanders, we all had Gonzaga, who I think is a consensus number one team in the country, uh, ultimately cutting down the nets. Yep. Any double digits winning a second game? Any double digits? I don't have any right now. Um, I, Wichita State, Kansas. That that's that's a well, game that I, I would be. State Michigan State doesn't count as if they beat BYU. That doesn't count as two games. That's not. We're not t- including that in part of the bracket. But no, no, we are not. Um, so Wichita State is is definitely interesting for me with that. Um, I'm trying to see, I don't have any, so I kind of have to do this in my head right mm-hmm. now. Um, you know, I mean, Purdue is honestly, they're, they're, I'm looking here, they're to the 273rd oldest team. Um, so, you know, if Winthrop, if they could beat Villanova, um, Purdue is super youthful, super talented, but they're really, really relying on a lot of freshmen and sophomores um, mm-hmm. who haven't been on this big of stage yet. Um, so Winthrop could be a, a darling that wins two. Um, it's kind of all I'm seeing. Again, I like freaking chalk. I know that's boring. That makes that makes for bad podcasting. But um, yeah, there just aren't. You just don't see it, and that's why it's so unexpected, right? That's what's great about the tournament. No one's, you know, everyone's. Been, you know, people are going to do it. You know, Liberty's going to beat San Diego State and beat uh, West Virginia, or they're going to beat Oklahoma State and Tennessee, and everyone's going to be like, well, I told you Liberty was there all along. Bullshit. Well, Never saw if they do get past Oklahoma State, they can beat Tennessee. So, that I mean, that that's a possibility. Yeah. So, again, I, I listened to Bracketology for about two and a half hours. I've heard, you know, I've heard them talk up the Grouchos. I've heard them talk up Winthrop. I've heard them talk up um, uh, who's the other who's the other team. They've already covered Liberty. Um, I've heard, have you heard the Cleveland state? I was watching the big 10. Uh, I was watching the big 10 championship game and Lafonso Ellis was like blowing Cleveland state. Um, which was interesting. He's so. been right a lot though. <laughs> so he's been pretty good the last few weeks. <laughs> he has been. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's <clears throat> Cleveland state and score. Um, it just all depends. Can they, can they score enough with Houston? Mm-hmm. But no, again, I don't know. Do you have any? feel like you've asked me and I, I didn't let you answer. Um, I don't. Yeah. Here's an interesting uh, one. Let's say Grand Canyon actually gets past Iowa. They could take down Oregon. That could happen. Yeah, I mean, Bryce Drew's, Bryce Drew's a good coach. Uh, the Drew family is used to upsets in March. Um, you know, so sure, I, I, don't, I don't think – Iowa's just so explosive on offense. I mean, man, I don't, I don't see a way Grand Canyon can slow them down. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, 
Again, I like Cleveland State over Houston more than I like that if we're looking at a 15-2. But, mm-hmm. again, we're kind of splitting hairs, and I don't have the stats in front of me. But <clears throat> I think, like, maybe not even 10 two-seeds have ever won. So, what, what was that one year when Duke was a two-seed? Was that Lehigh? Yeah, something like that. Beat Duke? Oh, we should have asked Jackie about that. That would have been a good question. <laughs> I just, I bet she was dancing and celebrating that day. So, all right, Newman. Well, our plan is uh, we're going to talk again. Um, we're going to probably do a little bit more of gambling, mm-hmm. um, maybe some futures, some stuff like that, and, and probably have our final. I mean, we're, we've stared at this bracket for only 24 hours. I was telling you in prep that I'm going to probably flip-flop back and forth about 100 more times before, before we lock this thing in. So we will definitely be talking – um, betting and, and bracket again before it starts. So for sure. Um, and hey, uh, for anyone anyone out there listening or who who may see this live or whatever, we do have a sports memory bracket contest. So you can win a t-shirt, uh, sticker, and an iron-on patch uh, by entering. Free to play, no charge, whatever. Uh, just uh, come come see if you can square off against us and uh, and take us down. Awesome, absolutely. I don't I don't think any guys stand a chance. Uh, me and Newman, as you know, are our geniuses, but you guys can take your chances. All right, everybody. Talk to you later.